In a world where it seems totally normal to listen to a podcast about the Toronto Argonauts, it's the X's and Argos podcast. Welcome to the X's and Argos post-game reaction podcast brought to you by Funny Bone Broth. This podcast coming to you following an unbelievable 24-23 win by the Toronto Argonauts over the Hamilton Tiger Cats. The first win for Toronto in Hamilton since 2017. JB, this was a, a crazy game and a game of two halves, one in which it looked like the Argos didn't even show up in the first half. Well, offensively anyway. And then, man, did they come firing out in the second half, right down to the wire. An exciting finish. What are your overall thoughts on the game? Uh, yeah, it was a, a wild game, a game that the Argos probably didn't deserve to win. But that's what good teams do. Good teams win games they're not supposed to. So I, I take that to be a fantastic sign. I want to just have a quick shout out to Aaron and Brandon from the Hamilton Tiger Cats who were really good with us. And I love reasons to hate the Tiger Cats, but the way that we were treated at Tim Hortons Field and by the staff there was was phenomenal. So I just wanted to shout them out. And we had nothing but a, a great experience uh, up up in the uh, press box and, and we're treated extremely well so i just wanted to shout out to both aaron and brandon because it yeah it it was really nice to be treated that way it it isn't necessarily like that at uh, every city that we talk to the guys in toronto are terrific the argos are amazing with us but yeah we felt very much at home in the hamilton press box we did sneak out very quietly at the end though (laughs) very quietly it got, man, it got quiet in there. The whole stadium, it was just a hush. I didn't, because I haven't, for some reason, I haven't learned to look at the monitor for field goals yet. I know you were looking at the monitor for the field goal, which is the correct thing to do because you actually have a good angle there. I'm watching the field goal and I didn't know if this was good or not, but I knew by the silence in the crowd, it just fell to absolute silence. And I thought, I guess that kicks in. Um, and sure enough, it, you watch, I watched on the replay and it went right down the middle. But yeah, everyone in that stadium seemed to know it but me. But um, man, what a what a finish. But let's get into our recap, JB. I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about the first half because that was a very forgettable half of football. And it really wasn't a half that the Argonauts belonged in. It was amazing to me that the score was 12-5 at the half for a few reasons. One, because that's such an odd score. Where else will you have a 12-5 score in football? But on top of that, it felt like the Argos were getting annihilated. I remember looking over to you at some point, I, th- I think near the end of the half, saying, I can't believe Toronto's only behind by a touchdown because it felt like it was 30 nothing. Yeah, Hamilton, Hamilton absolutely lost that game more than Toronto won it. Um, Hamilton could not put the Argos away. Like they just, they should have, you know, really, they could have been up 21 nothing in that first quarter. Um, I think it's a classic example of, of not letting a team up off the, off the mat. You know, Hamilton just could not um, convert those field goals into touchdowns and, uh, you know, let Toronto hang around. In the first half, Hamilton moved the ball fairly well. Toronto was again playing that bend-but-don't-break style defense. And for the most part, it worked. Again, if you hold a team in the CFL to 12 points and a half, I think you've done your job as a defense. And of course, they had earned 
the two of the five points that Toronto got uh, on the scoreboard was from a, a safety where the defense pinned Hamilton uh, basically down at their own one yard line. And so you give them those points as well. The defense was good. They let up one touchdown in the first half. That one was, it, it was, it was a tough one. I, I felt like both McCoyle and Hoyt struggled a little bit in the first half. McCoyle certainly turned it on in the second half. He ended up uh, leading the team in, in tackles, had some really nice plays, some pass breakups in the second half. He ended up turning in a really nice game. But in that first half, the linebackers looked a little bit late to respond. There were some run plays where they didn't seem to be able to diagnose them initially. And that allowed them to have guards get right up on them. That opened up some big holes, some some big running lanes. And on that touchdown, uh, the, the touchdown that Hamilton scored, the only touchdown uh, in the first half, I guess, it was a situation where the Argos were in cover one, so it's it's man coverage. McCoyle is supposed to be on the back, but he doesn't close space in time. Hamilton kind of ended up treating it sort of like a screen. It wasn't really a design screen, but the line released, and McCoyle ended up not being able to, to stick with his back, who got in uh, for the touchdown to put Hamilton up. But, you know, aside from that one play and a couple late responses, the defense... Were, the defense was the reason that this was still a game at halftime. Yeah, the defense, uh, the first drive was not great. And then they started the run blitz a little more, um, throwing a little more heat on on passing downs, um, which which threw Hamilton off a little bit. And that, that helped calm things. And, uh, you know, basically, I you know, I thought that Hamilton went away from the run game really quickly. I, I don't know. I don't know if they just didn't see what they wanted, um, but I thought Hamilton abandoned the run game uh, way faster than I would have. But you know, thank thank you Hamilton uh, yeah, for, no for for doing that. Um, you know, Mazzoli started the heat up for them, and and he had, you know, he looked a little like the old Mazzoli, but also like the current Mazzoli. Um, you know, so there were, you know, I thought that the defense did a good job of keeping everything in front of them and, um, keeping us in the game for the offense to kind of figure stuff out. Cause I, you know, I'd, it was such a conservative first half from the offense. Um, I wasn't crazy about, about their plan. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And they look how they have looked on the road so far this season in that first half. There were there was a stretch where the offense committed three penalties on consecutive plays. And then there was a, a punt where two, two defenders somehow ran free. The punt didn't get blocked, fortunately. But it just like looked like, you know, here we go all over again. The offense breaking down, getting penalties, things that just can't happen oh on the road, God, and almost getting the a penalties in the first half. It was brutal. brutal. It was brutal, and it it looked like the game in Winnipeg and the first game in Hamilton. But somehow, and I think like we've said many times, thanks to the defense who realized after that first drive, we've got a run blitz, um, and they were continuing to frustrate Mazzoli a little bit by by playing so heavily over the top. Uh, but somehow, it's twelve five at the half. Now that's where things get interesting. So, and actually, I, I'm going to go right before the half because I, I felt this might have been when the momentum changed, even though, because it did lead to a field goal late in the half. I think it was 12-2 at the time. Hamilton tries a fake punt, which was a really weird fake punt. There was all sorts of misdirection going on. 
Hamilton, who had really all the momentum at that point, had the opportunity to pin Toronto deep in their own end or, you know, worst case scenario, you get a rouge out of it. But they didn't. They go for the fake punt uh, somewhere around the, I don't know, it was like the Toronto 45 yard line. Uh, Toronto stops them. And the Argos special teams unit had their best night of the season so far. There's no question. But that was one of those plays that ends up going the other way. Toronto, not directly, but through playing field possession, ends up uh, getting a a field goal out of it. They go in 12-5 at the half. But I thought that that first little momentum swing, the first little breath of life that the Argos had was courtesy of Hamilton's fake punt, which is the strangest fake punt ever. A hundred percent. Like, first of all, it's just Hamilton being too cute. Uh, You know, what what, what are you doing? Like, what, if, you know, if you're at the middle of the field, go for it. If you want to go for it, go for it. Um, You know, a fake, a fake punt is, is, you know, something that you might do when you feel you're being outclassed, not, not when you're in charge. Uh, And, even if you're going to go fake punt, which is a weird call, uh, that particular fake punt was terrible. Like, it was so slow moving. I mean, they might as well had an announcer yell, we're running a fake punt before anything happened. I, I didn't even understand. It was a direct snap, but, like, there was all this movement ahead of time. Like, the whole point of the fake punt is that it happens quickly, not that it takes 10 seconds to develop. Yeah, it 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 was it was it was such a weird call. So the second half begins. Argos uh, start off with with a field goal, but then things look like it was starting to. They looked like they were starting to to get away. There was a huge play, a pass from Jeremiah Masoli uh, to Jalen Acklin, a forty five yard bomb in which. It really took the wind out of Toronto's sails because they had the right coverage on that play. They were playing with a safety deep. Cresden Butler is deep. They've so I, I don't remember who the corner was covering on that that side. I don't remember if that was Peters or Deku, but they had help over top in Cresden Butler. And for some reason, Butler just didn't get his head around in time. He was in good position. We both expected when we looked at the replay to find that that he just got beat and didn't have a chance to look back. But that wasn't the case at all. He was in good position. That is almost always a pick. That's a throw that Mazzoli should not have made. He's basically throwing into double coverage there. But because Butler never gets his head around, the throw is also offline. Acklin adjusts, comes back inside. Butler gets lost in space. It's a 45-yard touchdown. Suddenly, Hamilton is now up two scores, 20-8. to And it felt like at that point... That might not be something that the Argos could recover from. Yeah, I mean that was tough. I I know as soon as he threw it, I thought it was a pick. Um, but uh, you know, I think Butler, B- Butler was in decent position, but he was ideally you want your, you know, if you're playing a safety over the top, you want that safety coming downhill on deep passes. Like you already have a guy in a trail position, trying to play it, trying to turn his head. You know, you don't you don't need two of those guys. So I think Butler, even though he was deep, he wasn't deep enough. I think you want to be coming downhill. And and I think after that play, he certainly seemed a little bit deeper, you know, because if he's if he's coming out of the end zone, that's a pick all day. Um, You know, so that was that was a tough play for for Butler. And so here we are midway through the fourth quarter, down 20 to eight. 
uh, Hamilton fans are, are going crazy and, you know, rightfully so. They, they certainly look like the better team at that point. But then McLeod Bethel Thompson gets going. So the touchdown drive that we're talking about here was made possible by a, uh, a play that was overturned. So initially it looked like that drive came to a halt because Bethel Thompson threw a pick. And suddenly action stopped and we see there's a challenge flag out there. And Coach Dinwiddie is challenging the lack of a roughing the passer call. And when you see it on a replay, it couldn't, it couldn't be more clear. Bethel Thompson gets hit like right in the, in the face with a helmet. It definitely was a roughing the passer call. That's, that's an automatic one. You wonder how that wasn't called live. And so that play is overturned. Toronto gets 15 yards. They continue the drive uh, all the way down the field, capped off by a pretty creative-looking jet sweep from Chandler Worthy. And just because I had a couple of questions on Twitter when I, I tweeted that out and said it was a creative jet sweep, and people asked, well, what was creative about it? What I thought was interesting is that they had the right tackle, Jamal Campbell, uh, pass block on that, such that it opened up an early cut for jet sweep. Usually on jet sweeps, it's a speed play that's designed to run wide, and so the right tackle on that play will typically uh, hook block or try and seal uh, the defensive end inside. And just the, the very nature of the speed coming across is what gets you out of trouble uh, from that defensive end. But they didn't block it like that here. So Jamal Campbell rides him around as though it's pass. Chandler Worthy cuts inside. It's a touchdown. Toronto is back in the game. Uh, it's it's 2015. And it's still a lot of time to go. So that felt to me at that point, I, I could kind of feel the momentum had had swung at that point. Hamilton was didn't seem to have the energy that they had early in the game. And McLeod Bethel-Thompson was was firing at that point. Well, I think a couple things for sure. Uh, a, I'm going to take that jet sweep as my rushing touchdown goal, um, which I had hoped for. So I'm going to claim that one. Um, the second thing is I think that play absolutely changed the dynamic in the stadium because the, it was over. Um, he threw a pick. I mean, that game's over on that play. I mean, I think the Argos felt it. Hamilton felt it. It was going to be a celebration from there on. And then to have that pick canceled and and Toronto given uh, 15 yards, you could just see Hamilton was deflated. They just, they just weren't, weren't the same team on that drive. Um, You know, that's, you know, that's just an absolute gut punch to feel like, You've got the win and then be told you don't. So that was, to me, for, for sure, the turning point of the entire game. I I didn't actually think it was um, helmet to helmet, but I'll take it. Yeah, we're, we were at odds on two calls, and we'll get to the second one in just a moment. But it's unusual for us, you know, both sitting in the same place, watching the same game, watching the same replays, and we weren't on the same page with either of those. I thought that definitely was roughing the passer. You thought it wasn't. You thought he might have got him in the chest. Uh, I just didn't see it that way. To me, it looked like he hit him in the chin. And when he landed, it looked like his, his chin strap was like over his eyes, uh, which is usually an indicator that he was hitting the helmet. But uh, and then the, the second one we'll get to uh, when, we, when we get to that point in our recap in just a moment. So 
Uh, Bethel Thompson then puts together another outstanding drive and this time connects with Deveris Daniels. There's just over four minutes left in the game at this point. This was a, a beautiful ball. 22-yard pass to Deveris Daniels. McLeod Bethel Thompson throws this off his back foot and when I saw him throw it, I thought, oh no, because it just didn't look like it didn't look like the kind of ball that you should throw in that position, fading away. But McLeod's got such a strong arm. I have no idea how he put it in that exact spot. And Deveris, not only does he make this tough catch, because he was, he was blanketed. He, he couldn't have been covered any better uh, on that play by Brooks. Brooks was all over him, and he's a very good defender. was right in his face. There's nothing Brooks could have done differently. And somehow Deveris not only catches the ball, he gets two feet down uh, as he's being pushed out of bounds. And there was this, there's one shot. I'm going to go back and, and see if I can find someone has got to have a photo of this. Not only was it such a beautiful touchdown catch, there was the setting sun in the west in the background. Someone's got to have a photo of that moment. That should be a poster. A Hamilton win that essentially, it wasn't that play, but that turned the game around. The sun setting in the background, it was just a gorgeous shot. So I'm going to see if I can hunt down a copy of that photo. So Toronto goes up 21-20. They fail on the two-point conversion. McLeod Bethel-Thompson has thrown two interceptions this season, both of them on two-point conversions in very similar situations, similar throws, similar reads. Uh, you know, it, it, it didn't work out. Toronto ends up leading by one, 21-20, with four minutes to go in the game. And now this is where we get the second controversial call. So Masoli errors one out, uh, and I think it was I think he was looking for Ungerer, and Tristan Deku gets called for pass interference, and this was just an absolute bomb. This is a huge penalty in terms of yardage. I didn't see it as pass interference initially. On replay, I did feel it was pass interference. I felt like Tristan Deku didn't let Ungerer jump. I felt he held him down, and that was on replay. I know it's it's. It's marginal, but I felt on replay you couldn't not uh, call that pass interference. JB, why did you think it wasn't? Well, I, I don't think it was. I mean, I, he he put his hand on his shoulder, but that's just hand checking. He, that well, he wasn't. He didn't pull on his uniform. He didn't push him to the ground. He didn't grab him by the bicep. He didn't armbar him. He didn't do anything to prevent him from catching the ball. He was just hand checking him and uh you know i think that you, you've got to be able to do that on those deep passes you're you're already asking so much of the defensive back um when they're trying to cover somebody deep uh, you know to say that you can't hand check to my mind they uh they they called it uh, pass interference because they realized what a game-changing call the roughing the quarterback was and they were trying to even it out a little it's so strange that two huge plays two massive plays in this game uh were officiating calls and it's unfortunate because it was a really entertaining finish to the game but when you look back those two pivotal moments the roughing the passer call uh, that went against Hamilton and then the pass interference call that went against Toronto. So I guess replay did 
even the game out a little bit, but it wasn't exactly what we wanted to see. Uh, you know, for everyone cheering for for Toronto at that point, that you know that that was a pretty deflating moment because suddenly Hamilton was there knocking on the door. But what a massive stop it was once Hamilton got down uh, first and goal from the ten to keep Hamilton out of the end zone was was massive because there just wasn't a lot of time left. They end up scoring, kicking a field goal to to lead by two with a minute thirty remaining, but. Man, that could have been curtains if Masoli ends up running that ball in. Dexter McCoyal makes an amazing open field tackle on, on Masoli, uh, who I thought was going to take it in or or throw it for the touchdown. But yeah, JB, what a what a huge stop that was for the Toronto D. Yeah, absolutely. You know, again, the defense really, you know, I thought played a pretty good game. Uh, by and large, kept Hamilton in check despite. Hamilton being able to put up some yards. So a minute seven left when Hamilton kicks off and Bethel Thompson continues his hot streak. He completes a pass to Chandler Worthy for 13 yards. He completes a pass to Damien Jean-Pierre for four yards. But then Jean-Pierre is injured on this play. There's only 40 seconds left. It's a third and six situation that we have now. Jean-Pierre is out of the game. The receiving core is already decimated with injury. And so who comes on for Damien Jean-Pierre? Dejan Brissett, the rookie. And this play was perhaps the biggest play in the game. There's a few of them. There's that, that Devaris Daniels touchdown. There's the field goal to win it, which we'll get to in a moment. But this play with Brissett was crucial. Talking to Coach Dinwiddie after the game, he said this was absolutely not the first read for Bethel Thompson. They were planning on going the other side of the field. They had seen a little bit of soft coverage. They felt a bit of off coverage from the halfback on the other side of the field, but it wasn't there on this play. McLeod running out of time. He's he's wrapped up around the legs. He sort of pivots to his right, sees Brissett in coverage, but you know, just there's a window. There's this tiny window. McLeod puts everything he could on it. It barely gets there. And somehow Dejan Brissett keeps it from hitting the turf. It's a 13-yard completion. Gets uh, the Argos down to the Hamilton 45-yard line. They would add one more yard on a DJ Foster run. And that set up the 51-yard field goal from Boris Beattie, which, of course, was good. Toronto wins 24-23 at the buzzer. What a finish to a really exciting last eight minutes. You know, whatever else happened in the game, you kind of ignore at that point. But it was another outstanding CFL finish, JB. Yeah, I mean, if you were a Toronto fan and you weren't at the game, which would be, I think, most... It was everything you would hope for from a Toronto win in Hamilton. Um, Hamilton went from full Mardi Gras party to, uh, you know, the 27th of December, taking the tree out to the garbage bin uh, mood. It was amazing to watch. And we were both um, a little bit concerned about being able to get out of there. But uh, it was unbelievable it was an absolutely money moment to win that on the road in Hamilton uh tremendous 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 win for the team 
McLeod Bethel Thompson, who I know social media was calling for his removal from the game at halftime, actually even before half. I think I started to see those tweets near the end of the first quarter. But it was the right call to keep him in. Uh, Coach Dinwiddie proved that. And I don't know if I would have kept him in. I was thinking about that. Do I do I put in Nick Arbuckle at the half? I might have. And I think that's the wrong move. Uh, in retrospect, you look back at it. McLeod Bethel Thompson was the reason they won this game. Yeah, he I've... hung in the pocket so well. He took so many huge hits. But yeah, he, he, he played a great game in the yeah. end. I, th- I think that is the right move. I think if you, I don't know what the health situation is with Arbuckle. Um, you know, the, I was I was surprised that Macbeth started. But I think, you know, once you start him, I think you've got to go with him. I think you just got to see where it goes. And, you know, we talked about, I, I didn't understand the play calls in the first half. Like, yes, he's got a great arm and he can throw those uh, flats to the field side. But he he has a rocket. He should be throwing, you know, uh, seam routes and digs and posts and between the hash football, that's where he he absolutely um, should be looking to. And I, I didn't think they did any of that in the first half, and they did way more in the second half. So it I, looked was, like- I was happy that they they changed gears. I didn't. I to be honest, I don't know what the hell they were doing in the first half. I was watching the routes. I'm like. What are these routes? These guys are running these outs to the sideline. Like, is this is this a, some kind of competition to see how far he can throw? I mean, what the hell is he supposed to do with this guy? You know, he threw one uh, to Gittins Jr. where he got smoked by the safety. But it's like, well, I don't know what what he was supposed to do. The guy's you know forty yards away from him. Uh, you know, he, he's not Superman. Um, so I thought the route combinations in the first half left a lot to be desired. And and the second half, I thought they called a really good game. What went wrong in the first half on those plays you're talking about is they were so they were trying to take advantage of the absence of Frankie Williams out there to the field side. And there were opportunities. But the problem is they were running. I've talked extensively over the last few weeks about the flood concepts that coached in what he likes. They were open. But the problem is, it seemed like every time they called one of those plays where they've got this this three-man flood to the field, in every situation, the ball was being snapped from the boundary hash. So it wasn't like it was in the middle of the field. It was way over on the on the boundary hash. And so the field being 65 yards wide, it's like you're saying, like the open receiver, like, yes, he's wide open. The floods are working. However, you just can't get it there when the ball snapped on the hash on the far side because that ends up being uh, that that throw to Gittins Jr. would have traveled over 50 yards based on my you know basic understanding of right angle triangles and how to find the hypotenuse. That's that's what we're looking at is a is a 50 plus yard throw and you just don't have that kind of time. By the time the ball gets there, the the safety's going to close and that's that's what happened. He knocked the the ball away from Gittins Jr. and th- those concepts are way better when it's even a few yards over, when it's, you know, not right up against the hash, when it's in the middle of the, in between the hashes somewhere, that's when you can run those plays. So they got a bit of bad luck maybe there with the play calling, the spotting, but that just has to be better. And then you're right, in the second half, it was much quicker. There was a lot more over the middle. And that's where the ball really started to move was once they opened up the middle of the field, that changed what Hamilton was doing on defense. They had to take uh, some uh, a bit of a more aggressive uh, angle on receivers and that opened things up further so yeah it was it was a, a slow start but I'm 
as I said, I think it was right to leave McLeod Bethel Thompson in. He finishes 29 of 42, 69% completion for 388 yards uh, with two touchdowns. There's an asterisk next to one because one was a jet sweep, but there's also an asterisk next, next to his interception because that was on a two point conversion. But yeah, the 388 yards. Uh, that, however, we look at the run game, uh, JB, they could not run the football at all. No, it was, it was, I mean, I, I was happy that they abandoned it. And the few times they did, even before they abandoned it, I was like, why, why are you wasting it down? Like, it's not there. It's not there. Like, it's just the offensive line was un, unable to uh, to get any movement. I thought their pass pro was pretty good um, in general. I thought in general, uh, the quarterback had time to throw the ball and – but they couldn't run. They just couldn't couldn't impose their will in the run game. And and you know, again, I'm not, I'm not sure I, DJ Foster is that kind of running back. He was good catching the ball out of the backfield again. I think that's what he is. He's he's not John White. So in essence, they went into the game without a running back, and and that's exactly what it looked like. DJ Foster finished with seven carries for seven yards. Uh, AJ Wallet get in there for three carries for 14 yards. McLeod Bethel Thompson had the the most success running the football with his one carry, which was actually a crucial uh, first down run, one carry for 12 yards. But yeah, you're right. DJ Foster way better uh, as a receiver out of the backfield. Uh, four receptions on five targets uh, for 41 yards. So that's it, it. Is what what he does best. Let's get to our players of the game and our plays of the game. So. Offensive player of the game for me, I, I can't I can't see it any other way than giving it to McLeod Bethel Thompson. I think you throw for 380 yards, bring your team uh, to a come from behind win in Hamilton where you haven't won in four years. Uh, he gets the player of the game for me. I thought he was so tough with the way he hung in there. He took so many shots and just was refusing to give ground, just barely got the ball out so many times. Uh, he's going to be feeling it tomorrow. But uh, yeah, just a, a brave effort and deserves player of the game in my mind. Uh, for me, uh, for for player of the game, I mean, I, I'm going to give it to Boris Beattie. I think that, you know, that betrays my kind of special teams background, but... I thought that he was fantastic at flipping the field with his punts when he had the wind behind him. He hit some, you know, 60-plus punts uh, that absolutely uh, put us in a position to stay in the game. Um, and he hit the 51-yarder in Hamilton to win. I mean, that's just not an easy punt. Or sorry, that's not an easy field goal to kick. And to me, he's he's the player of the game. I think he... He won the game for the Argos. And it's sort of a weird one because we look at the defense and the defense, there's no question they played a great game. It's hard to find individual performers. I, I think we could say that Dexter McCoyle played a very good game. I think he was the best Argonaut on the field defensively. I thought Jamal Peters looked pretty good at times. You know, he did a, a, a pretty good job holding Stephen Dunbar in check. Uh, Dunbar still caught seven balls for 62 yards, but... There, there weren't, you know, he didn't yeah. take over the game. There weren't any bombs you like know, that Gitt, to him. Gittins Jr. Had a, had a fantastic game again in terms of the depth. I mean, who had him as a star receiver at the beginning of the year? And, you know, he he looked great 
with 100 yards. And, uh, you know, I thought Shaq flashed in the first half, had a nice pass breakup, had a nice hit. Um, there were definitely kind of guys, you know, and my guy Oakman, rock solid in the middle of the field again all game. But, uh, you know, time for some special teams love, man. BD, BD won that game. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't argue with that. And another, another player that actually had a really good game too. Ricky Collins Jr. had some clutch catches, some you know, second and very long, second and twelve, second and fifteens that he was able to convert. He ended up with six catches for eighty-eight yards. And it's funny, look at the stat sheet here. That one catch to Dejan Brissett, one catch, one target, thirteen yards. That's that. As I said, it's like the biggest stat maybe on this whole page. But uh, yeah, that was huge. Now, where are we going for play of the game? I, I've certainly got one in mind. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be the same as yours or not. To me, it's just how spectacular that Daveris Daniels touchdown was to me is the play of the game. I don't think it was necessarily the biggest moment, but it was the most beautiful football play today. I don't think you can get much better than that touchdown pass from McLeod Bethel Thompson to Daveris Daniels. So for me, that is the play of the game. Uh, what's yours, Jimmy? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. That was spectacular, you know. Uh, you know, Deveris, he has that magical ability to be nowhere and then suddenly be amazing. So he uh, he definitely came through with uh, an elite athleticism catch. Um, my play of the game would probably be the defense. I'm gonna, you know, just as a group, standing Hamilton up at the end of the game. You know, Hamilton got the PI call. You know, much like the Toronto uh, challenge, the Toronto defense easily could have just kind of given up, felt that they were hard done by, not be dialed in. I thought that they absolutely stuffed them at the line, um, took away any passing play, stopped, you know, won the game by forcing Hamilton to kick a 12-yard field goal. I mean, a 12-yard field goal is ridiculous. You know, yeah, you're, if you're kicking you're, a 12-yard field goal, unless it's at the buzzer for the win, you can't help but feeling like that's a loss. Right. So, like, that's an absolute amazing performance by those guys in the red zone. Well, that will just about do it for us on this week's post-game reaction podcast after the Toronto Argonauts steal a one-point win uh, from Hamilton 24-23. Make sure you check out JB's report card. It's up on xsandargos.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so it shows up right there on your phone. And if you get some time, please do us a favor. We really appreciate it if you would rate and review the podcast. For JB, this is Ben Grant saying so long and may all your pre-snap reads be good ones. I'll see ya. Go, go, go. Pull together, fight the foe, foe, foe.